Is my mic loud enough over there? Sounds good to me. And welcome to another episode of Steph Status Update. I am joined today by my guest, Stephanie Luaraz. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and if you have a podcast too. Well, I am, again, Stephanie Luaraz. I am a body positive personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, author, and speaker. I live in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, in the United States. And I do not have a podcast yet. <laughs> yet. It may happen one of these days. It's not necessary. It's not mandatory. Um, it's just sometimes when, when I do these episodes, it's like, it's like everybody's got one. So I have to kind of throw in there, oh, you've got one. What's your podcast? Because at the end, when I publish the episode, I put all the links and stuff in so people can jump to you if they want to listen, in, which I probably will do. But yeah, round about this time, I don't start the episode properly and get into the whole movie spiel. I want to know more about my guest. So please, please, please regale me with your exploits. Well, I have not always been in the fitness and wellness space. I actually used to be a pastor. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I came into this space through my own personal journey of losing over 200 pounds without dieting intentional dieting um finding my own love of endurance sports and then realizing that i was in a pretty toxic environment Mm -hmm. and um really wanted to continue serving people but serving people in a way that was going to make a difference okay and walking alongside people to change their lives in the same way that i've changed my own so um it it really made sense for me to step into this space of movement of nutrition coaching and meeting people where they're at and helping them to achieve the things that they want to achieve because it looks different for every single person okay and unfortunately this episode is audio because nobody can see what i can see which is behind stephanie is a whole bunch of medals on the wall <laughs> it's like all the medals all she's laughing all the medals she's laughing silently that, as well that's not all of them that's there's another rack on what? the side of the window too so okay so i do you know what i wish i wish this wasn't just audio and you can see this but it's like if you just medals 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 and what we're being told now is that there's more medals and trophies whoa okay all right i'm i'm uh, hopefully my my amazement and my shock and my awe is enough to give people the picture in their minds of what i'm seeing right now because it's well they're something on my social media people dig far enough they can find the pictures all right okay fair enough fair enough fair enough um obviously you're accomplished i can see so roughly i mean you you've been doing this quite a, a while then i take it well i about eight years ago wow. was yeah. that point where i'm like i'm done dieting mm-hmm. but something had to change yeah and it literally started with 
a cup of water and changing those habits of establishing hydration. It was a little six ounce cup of water and a kitchen timer. And every time the timer went off, filling up that cup of water over and over again, cooking at home instead of going to the drive-thru twice a day to feed my husband and myself. Yeah. Then changing out ingredients, looking at the food that I was preparing, then coming into the place of I felt better, just those couple habits of hydration and mm -hmm. eating differently. I was ready to introduce movement, but being in such a larger body, I was pretty close to losing my mobility. Even right. 200 pounds right. lighter, I'm still not a very small person. Yeah. And so for me, the only thing I could do was walk. So okay. it was walk to the end of the street and back, and I wanted to die. But then that walk up and down the street became around the block, around the neighborhood, and further and further. Mm -hmm. Then I got the idea of, well, I wonder if I can run. The girl that fake sick in gym class, yeah. this was a foreign concept. But when I ran to this stop sign, I don't know, 50 yards down the road, it was that feeling of I wanted to die again, mm -hmm. but also something inside me lit up about movement that I had never felt before. And so I went home and I'm like, I need to figure out this fat girl running thing yeah. because there's something to it. And then that became 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons jumping over into triathlon and oh, you know okay. working up the distances there but in that process in working with my accountability system i have a coach i have a sports dietitian that's where i got my nutrition certifications my personal training certification yeah. all those things to understand what those people were teaching me about my body mm -hmm. and so it was a very natural progression, not only in the physical changes I was making, but changing my emotional health and really setting the goals there. I'm, I'm a person that I have PTSD. Mm -hmm. So looking at the coping mechanisms that I, I use in my life and really shoring that up. What did my spiritual life look like? Was I stagnant or how was that growing? Looking at that whole person and grow, not just changing the physical things, but everything together is what resulted in that change. It was all those little habits mm -hmm. over time that resulted in that transformation. There wasn't a day of intentional weight loss in there, in food restriction, in anything that we look at as a traditional diet. Okay, because without, I, I refuse to put on my personal trainer hat right now, but no, 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 seriously, because I'm like, this is your show. Um, but like you, I, I mean, I, will kept, I kept getting injured. So me getting into personal training and on online coaching myself was down to the fact that I was like, I need to know what, why this keeps happening, the kind of like the how, and then how then can I prevent this from happening? 
And with all the information that I've ever had from, because I've had so many situations where I'm in front of a physiotherapist or a sports masseuse or, so, or somebody and they're telling me all this information and I'm taking it in and it's not always going in because I'm like, I have no, I'm, what muscle? So <laughs> like you, I was like, I need to know what the, what the hell's going on internally so I can work on what's happening externally and feel better. And that that's why my journey to be a PT however many years ago started so I, I when you were saying how you're started I was like that that sounds a lot like even though it's different circumstances yeah because you just when you, you I just need to know mm-hmm. and it is I'm I'm this big super nerd I have to absorb information constantly yeah I always need to learn I always want to learn more information and understand new things So if there's something that I'm involved in or that I want to get to know more, like I'm always, you know, where, where can I go to get more information about that? Where can I study more about this Mm -hmm. and get deeper into it? I certainly applaud your efforts because you look amazing and your trophies and your medals are like, wow. So you've not only got the proof in the pudding, you've got the proof all over all over the place on the walls, on the mantle. Jesus. So um yeah, okay, all right. Um I'm I'm gonna sidestep us into the movies that made me portion of the of the podcast of the episode. But please, 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 like I told all my guests, feel free to relate back anytime we're talking about any of these movies. If there's any circumstances or real life experiences that you've had, just talk about them, like mm-hmm. just throw them out there because um, it's what this what the episode's all about, basically, movies and our experiences. So always, 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 the first movie that we kick off with is from the guest. What is your first movie that you want to talk about today? Let's go the first one. Let's go with Cool Runnings. Okay, okay, I remember it quite well actually. Been researching that and sampling it, and but yes, please, please, left, right. Cool Runnings. So Cool Runnings is, I don't even remember how old I was when this movie came mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. but I I have had this movie on VHS. Okay. I've had this movie on DVD. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I have it on a digital copy somewhere now, but it is one of those movies that it's just a feel good movie. Yeah. And it is, it it's a corny disney movie but the messages that come from it mm-hmm. are some of the things that stick with you and throughout my journey i had to learn a lot about myself yeah and the messages that i tell myself about myself and that one of the things that i always come back to is the transformation mm-hmm. that this movie embodies. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's what's so powerful about it. Yeah. When did I, I saw this, I think I definitely saw it the first time around. And because I was quite young when I saw it, I didn't see everything as it was at the time. I just thought, ah, cool movie, <laughs> dudes on a bobsled, Jamaica, because that's, that's where my family are from. They're from Jamaica. I was like, yep, representing. So, and I and I, I loved John Candy as well. I thought he was a really good actor. 
passed away sadly he would have made so many more really good movies he was he was always kind of in those john hughes movies as well back in the day which were really good i found him quite interesting and they're quite heartwarming as well and good to watch and this one in particular cool runnings the story is the the eternal underdogs basically so jamaica never really do too well in any kind of winter sports as we've noticed as we've seen but they try and mm-hmm. yeah and they made the effort and i remember watching this and seeing like the scene where they um they're all in the room and they're trying to get the team together and there's loads of guys come out to turn out to do it and then they're just left with like a few dudes <laughs> in <laughs> at the end of it and just the way that the kind of film kicks in and i think it's dougie doug was i play, think he played sanka was he sanka mm-hmm. no yeah, with the, the long hair and um, he was like, he was obviously because he's a comedian, so he was like the fun element of it. Um, but the rest of the characters, they played off each other quite well. The kind of big brutish guy, I can't remember his name, was always kind of at odds with the smaller guy who his name I can't remember, but I just remember their faces. And in the whole, the way that they bond throughout the movie as it goes on, they're not really a team at the start, but eventually they realise that, you know what? the four of us need each other to do this because we're never going to do it if we don't get together and kind of put the work in. But then you've got all these established teams who have been doing this for years, who have got pedigree and they've got winners and they've got, you know, and they're cocky and the Jamaicans come along and they're like, people are like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) But I just found it, I found it of its time. I found it really, really kind of entertaining. It was funny but as I said to you before we started the podcast, before we started the episode, I was like, the accents, the Jamaican accents, though, some of them were, uh, yeah, they were not good. Not good. You had, like, Amer- obviously American actors doing Jamaican accents, and they, they, they fell short, but I still like the movie, though. I still like mm-hmm. it. Even to this day, I can still kind of sit down and watch it and catch a laugh and get something from it, but it was good. But I have lined up a clip for us to listen to and it's a clip that you picked yes. <laughs> it's a clip you picked so i'm gonna play this and we're gonna have a little chat about it afterwards are you ready let's go for it all right here you go now look in the mirror and tell me what you see you see junior you see junior well you want to know what i see i see pride i see power i see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody you really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> what well, I see... Pride! Pride. Right. Power! Power! And I see... A badass mother who, who don't take, take no, no crap off of nobody! Again! I see pride! Can't hear you! I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again! I see pride! Junior! I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right! Right! Junior Bebe. I think, is that the scene just before he goes out and ends up in a bar fight? That is yes. that. That's, yes! <laughs> yes! That is the one! Yeah, yeah, because they were, they were hassling, um, they were hassling junior before and he kind of like just didn't really do it yeah i remember that that was hilarious 
But um, I liked the, I can't remember his name, the guy that he was talking to, the one that was trying to pep, giving him the pep talk in the toilet. I can't remember his name. I liked him because he was just kind of like, he kind of grunted sometimes. <laughs> he's like, he's talking to him, he's like, mm. <laughs> he just, he was that guy. <laughs> Nobody messed with him. Yes. So young when I watched it as well. Yeah, but I I love that scene because that's something that accountability mm-hmm. plays such a big part in my life, in my relationships. Yeah. Because accountability is not just somebody that kind of shoulder taps us and you know, is there to give you that kick in the pants when you need it. Yeah. It's there for that building up to give you encouragement, to Mm -hmm. push you along. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, you know, he's, he's really firm in this instance. Like he's very firm in, you know, what do you see? What, and, and, you know, (laughs) come on now. But sometimes we really need someone to, to give us that, you know, yeah. You can't see this, but I see this and I'm going to help you see this because it is so important. I mean, I don't I've I've probably had situations, actually no, it's not even probably. I've had situations like that where I just needed to hear someone else's voice telling me, you know what? Do the thing. And it's worked. It has worked. It does, they don't have to be qualified, they don't have to be, you know, a trainer, they don't have to be. It's just just somebody that I either trust or i know that can do the thing that i can't do or just a voice period you know in your ear even if they're not even there you just they've said it before and you're just hearing it again (laughs) you're just replaying it for yourself but it really does work absolutely all right so i'm i'm gonna so it's my time all right my movie is aladdin and it's the not the new aladdin you know that was sparkly and new I'm talking about Aladdin, Aladdin, like original 1992. If I'm pretty sure that's, I mean, it's probably been done before in other movies at an earlier stage, but this was, I think, I feel this is the quintessential Aladdin movie. Robin Williams, rest in peace, played the genie. I cannot remember who the other voices were because he was just so good. (laughs) He was just so good in it. But I remember watching it. It was probably one of, the earlier Disney Disney movies that I watched as well, because I wasn't really into Disney, to be honest, when I was younger. I'm not really a fan. I kind of jumped on it when they started doing the longer form cartoon movies that were a bit more sparkly. And this in particular, because, you know, they've got the carpet, they've got Jasmine, they've got Apu, they've got, you know, the Sorcerer, they've got the Genie, they've got Robin Williams. I was like, yep, I'm sold. I'll buy that. I'll, I'll watch that. And he was just so good in it as the genie, like so, so good. And I remember watching the the Will Smith version that they did recently where Will Smith's playing a genie. And I was just like, nah, nah, this, nah, it's not the same. It's not, it's not animation for one. It's like they're trying to do live action and the special effects were okay. But it's like, it's like trying to do the Lion King again, which they did. It's just not the same thing. The cartoon's always going to be, the first cartoon's probably usually always going to be better. It's hard to kind of top the original. But one of my favourite scenes in this was when he first meets the genie and the genie's telling him about how many wishes he can have. 
and I'm I'm a sucker because I love the song. You got a friend, or no, you got to have a friend like me, or a friend like me, and they. I've clipped it so that they play a bit of that song because nostalgia. <laughs> so I'm going to run that clip and then we can have a quick chat about it. Hang on, here you go. Never duplicate. An ixnay on the wishing for more wishes. That's it. Three. One of those plates. No substitutions, exchanges, or refund. <laughs> now I know I'm dreaming. Master, I don't think you quite realize what you've got here. So why don't you just ruminate whilst I illuminate the possibilities? Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Sherry's out, he had a thousand tails. But master, you in luck, cause pull your sleeves. You got a brand of magic never fails. Now I've got a lot more, a lot more audio of that that song that I could play, but I'm gonna stop it there. <laughs> Otherwise, I just start that, like trying to get all the music off of that film and just play it on the podcast and just not talk at all. But it, it's the, I like the soundtrack, I like the movie, um, I like the idea of the movie. Obviously, it's a bit far fetched. Just kind of, you got flying carpets in, there, but still, right? But still, it's so good, so good brings you back to your childhood it does and you know i i love the idea of just dreaming and magical and all the things and even in that clip like it says like you don't realize what you have here Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes we just get jaded as adults (laughs) because you know, every day can sometimes get so monotonous. Like yeah. we forget, like, you know, there there is some like magic and excitement in life. We just, we forget to dream. This this is why, this is, I mean, it's part of the reason why I also work with young people in my, in like my, I could I guess you call it my day job. But yeah, it's just like just hearing them talk, what they talk about, the words they use, because, um, I like to try and stay kind of in tune with, you know, that generation that's coming up now, especially in schools, because um, there's so much that you can learn. But at the same time, there's so much that you can help and support them with, especially if you know what they're talking about, because every every generation has their own language. You grow up and you get you become an adult and you hear people talking, young people. And you're like, what are they saying? <laughs> because they've they've shortened down a whole sentence to a word and you're like what? <laughs> what you know and you get lost and then you can't figure stuff out so i'm glad that i'm still able to communicate and connect with those kind of young people but watching movies like this like aladdin like you know i watch a lot of cartoons and my the children i work with watch the same cartoons so when I go into school, they're talking about him. I'm like, yeah, I watched it. Like, sir, oh, sir, you, no, sir, you. I'm like, yes, love that. Oh, no, you, you see, you're talking about like anime and bleach and all those kind of crazy kind of cartoons and manga stuff or, you know, it's the new uh, Batman movies that, that they're made into cartoons nowadays and you're watching all that and the kids, they think, hang on a minute, you're watching what? But you're old though, sir, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> But it works. It works. It helps me. It helps me in the work I do by absorbing the culture that they're involved in because I can then relate a lot better. Yeah. And connection is so important. For sure. 
So just quick question then, when you're doing your thing, when you're in your arena, how do you, how do you connect with your clients and how do you sustain that connection with them? Be a little more specific. All right. Okay. So you're working with somebody who say for instance, wants to, okay, let's make it eat, wants to lose weight, but doesn't know how, how would you, how would you connect with that or even talk to that person about what they can do and how they can do it? Well, for me, when somebody comes in and says they want to lose weight, Mm -hmm. that is something that is such a generic request. Yep. And it's never to discount someone's desire. Yeah. But there's always something else behind that. And like, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper with you. And we're going to talk about that a whole lot more. And because I want to know why. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to lose weight? Yeah. And I'm going to ask you why a whole lot of times. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, in a lot of different ways, you know, why, why do you want to lose weight? And I hear things like, I want to feel better. Well, what does it mean to feel better? Well, I want my clothes to fit better. Mm-hmm. I want to have energy when I wake up in the morning. I want to be able to go up the stairs without huffing and puffing. I want to keep up with my kids or my grandkids. I want to get up off the floor independently. So there's so many things that when you keep asking that question why, you start to get some really vulnerable answers. But in that, there's also lots of actionable steps that people can take that revolve around nutrition, balance, cardiovascular exercise, stability, there, um, you know, strength. There's so many things that, from even those actionable steps, we break down into the daily habits that you're engaging in to really develop a plan that makes sense for your lifestyle. So that when you reach that transformation point of you can do all these things. You've reached all these benchmarks. Maybe your body composition has changed. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've done all these things. The scale might or might not have changed, but you have reached those goals, and you you've transformed in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't weight loss isn't the issue. I hear you. I haven't always taken that approach. I've I've no, I've definitely done that. In certain circumstances, especially with injuries, you know, people that come to me a lot of the time, they're quite, they're injured and it's a long-term injury or it's not necessarily even about weight loss or weight gain. It's like, I just need to be able to move, <laughs> you, know? you know, and I actually find the really difficult cases where people have limited range of movement or poor quality of life, not, not based around their weight is a lot uh, easier to deal with than sort of a weight loss weight gain personal issue because I find that sometimes when I'm doing that it's like it's just kind of like one factor which I could probably help out in a different like like your way 
instead of dealing directly with the weight loss like someone says weight loss right we can do this 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 this, this. You can, and you can attack it all different ways but what is actually the root cause of your need to do this thing but that see that in itself what you're doing is a lot more intricate and detailed and difficult than say most possibly what i'm doing with even though injuries are difficult to kind of deal with it's like it's 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 a good solid foundation of where i can start but i find it sometimes not as easy doing the whole weight loss weight gain because there's all these other factors that you've explained that are in there and if we're not if we're not approaching them or attacking them or trying to actually meet those issues head on what are we really doing we're just trainers taking money and we get them to that point and they might they might accomplish it but guess what we haven't dealt with the issue that caused them to be there in the first place so guess they're going to end up coming back at some point because they're back to square one you know so definitely it's sustainable what you're doing all right sorry all right let's all right so we, <laughs> this is what happens when when coaches get together and they start talking they should just go off all right it's about movies all right we're back to the movies so your second move so our third movie of the episode and your second one is the dawn wall yes yes all right tell me because i don't think people are going to know what this is it's not even really it's a it's not even really a movie it's like a you know generic movie it's something else so it's a documentary yes tell us tell us more all right so the the dawn wall like i don't even know how to describe it other than documentary it's it's about a a i i don't even remember the guy's name it's a rock climber in <laughs> yeah. in yosemite national park yeah who does like incredible amazing things mm-hmm. and like for me like this is again the stuff that i geek out on because it's these incredible feats of the human body and what people accomplish. And it comes back to my idea of, and it's not an original idea Mm -hmm. that anything is possible. And because, you know, this guy started somewhere he didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, climb half dome. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, truly anything is possible if we break it down and systematically build it up. And I love these kind of stories yeah, because they truly, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you can take something away from it. Well, luckily what I've done is instead of grabbing a piece or a scene from the documentary itself i just grabbed the part of the trailer and a lot of what is what this is about is actually in this minute or so of audio that i've grabbed and i learned quite a lot about the guy from that short piece of audio you know he he started out doing it when he was really little (laughs) you know his dad took him out there um i won't I won't spoil the tr- the audio that's coming up that we're going to play, but his dad took him out there and at really young age, really tiny kid, just making him climb these really ridiculous rock faces. And when you do that at such a young age, your instincts become honed. Hence the reason why now he's a grown man. He finds even the hardest of hardest of climbs 
to most people just super easy because he's been doing it since he was <laughs> not even seven, he was I think he's like about six years old or something crazy like that yeah yeah like really really young you know it's like those kids that can um in the x games that are like 14 and 15 and they're winning it you're like dude how long you skating for oh you know like 10 years like you're only 15 years old <laughs> what it just blows your mind but um yeah i'm gonna chuck that trailer on and we can talk some more about it i'm gonna grab some information as well from google about this because i've been researching it but not enough here you go when you see el capitan for the first time i mean it takes your breath away early in the morning there's this one panel of the wall that illuminates first the dawn wall it has never been climbed until tommy caldwell came along Nobody had actually considered trying it. It's like stepping off the edge of the earth. I guess the question here is, why are you doing this? I was this very fragile little kid. He didn't crawl till he was over two. I think my dad felt the best way to prepare this kid for the world was to toughen him up a little bit. And so he took me on all the craziest climbing walls you could ever do, and he did it with a six-year-old. By the time I was 14 or 15, there was climbs that I could do that my dad couldn't. Tommy became one of the best young climbers. And then we got invited to Kyrgyzstan to rock climb. And all of a sudden... So, yeah, I mean, he's 43 years old now. Um, so you can imagine, like, he's been doing this all his life. Yeah. Like, all of it. Um, but I didn't let the trailer play, because when that, that bang, you heard that sound... Because when he said he went to that country to do, they invited him there. I believe that he was um, held captive as a result of traveling to that place for a little while. I think so. Yeah. I need, because the whole, listen, the whole movie is on YouTube. So if anyone wants to find mm -hmm. out more information about this movie, it's sitting on YouTube for free. It's about, I think, just a little bit over 90 minutes long. And I'm going to sample it uh, over the next few days while I'm going to work. I'm just going to just watch it on the train. 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. But it, it, I think it's worth a watch. I've been reading up on Wikipedia about him as well. You know, he He's scaled some ridiculously sheer faces. But he's not doing it. It's not like he's doing it. He's not free. He's not free climbing. He might as well be. But yeah. it, <laughs> it looks difficult. I would... The heights, like, I would never... No, no. Yeah, like, it's, it's something I can't fathom doing. Yeah. You know, but you know, conquering my own fears, but just the the willingness to continue to build your skills to go bigger and bigger and mm -hmm, bigger mm -hmm. is just that kind of fortitude is incredible, and I I admire that so much. As I was watching it, full disclosure, I used to do a bit of bouldering, which is you know you're climbing on the wall indoors i didn't really i never did it outdoors i did it indoors so i've got those sh the shoes that he uses the little the special rock climbing i've got those i've got a pair of those i've got the the um pouch for your chalk that goes around your waist and it kind of sits at the back you can grab put your yep yeah, got all of that i've got the shorts the special kind of you know that you've got the short shorts and then if there's a bit like um cycling shorts underneath attached it's kind of knitted in i've got all of that i've got all the stuff and I did a call. I didn't. I didn't do a course. I was gonna do like ten sessions. I paid for ten sessions. I probably did only did about three. But 
<laughs> that's what I do. I, I get all the stuff and I do this thing for a little bit and I just go, I don't just give up. But I'm probably going to go back because like with most things, skating and stuff that I've done before, I've still got the skates. I've still got all the stuff. I'm just going to go back and do it because I got injured recently. So when I'm 100%, yep, skating. But wall climbing, bouldering, maybe not just yet. Lots of um, upper body strength um, needed. But For sure. they do say you, you're mostly climbing with your legs. They do tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you're stepping up, you push. And then I'm, I'm there at the bouldering place trying to lift with my arms, trying to pull myself up. And the guy's like, use your legs. And I'm like, what are you talking about using my legs? I'm climbing. <laughs> i got to use my arms and my hands. He's like, you can't climb. Speaking of, and this is a really neat segue, speaking of climbing, and our next the next film the clip that i've chosen there's some climbing involved in the clip and it's a movie that we've talked about before on the podcast in a different episode it's jurassic park and jurassic park i don't know if people remember it but it was one of the first dinosaur type movies that they really really got right you've had like claymation stuff in the past and it just looks a bit meh but when this came out it blew blew people's minds like completely blew them i don't know when you watched it how do you remember how old you were i wasn't that young but i i remember that i i was pretty fearful of it because i don't do a lot of live action type things okay it it was it was pretty intense for me okay so 1993 it came out so okay so i was i was a teenager yeah but i did i do remember thinking even though i think it was a pg i think it was a pg even though it was a pg i do remember wanting to go to see it wanting to watch it and thinking is this going to be too bit too scary though (laughs) i don't know why i just because obviously it's dinosaurs and teeth so so my my brain just kind of went i watched it and i was surprised and it's a shame because we've done this film already there was a scene that i love the one when they first see the first uh, dinosaur it's it's think it's the brontosaurus and they're just in awe they're looking up it's like 30 it's like i've got a 30 foot neck or something crazy like that and um even jeff goldblum's kind of falling out of his seat like i said there is climbing involved in the scene that i picked and it's a very tense scene because it's the one where i think it's midway through the movie all the fences are down and they're trying to get all the fences back up as in the power running through the fences because to keep the animals in basically and Mm -hmm. make sure that they're safe and they're they're climbing up (laughs) the electrified (laughs) fence (laughs) whilst in another part of the park laura dern's character is trying to turn everything back on so (laughs) let me let me play this scene for you here you go your time Tim. That's good. Come on. Find your footing. Find your footing. Millie, you can't throw the main switch by hand. You've got to pump up the primer handle in order to get the charge. It's large, flat, and gray. All right, here I go, okay? One, two, three, four. Okay, charge. Now, under the words contact position, there's a round green button which says push to close. Push to close. Okay. 
باشد You're thinking okay. about it, aren't you? You think you're gonna? No, don't, don't. Secret safe with me. Don't, <laughs> don't. The kid survives, and that's what happens, and yes. that's the only way the film could have gone. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, how how would the series have continued? Well, he wasn't really in the next ones, was he? So, that's he, <laughs> so, so my my theory would have held up. But we're not gonna detail it. We're just gonna leave it alone. Okay, let let's let's not because I'm now I'm now I'm thinking about it. I'm stuck and I want to say it. Okay, move it. Let's move on completely. All right, all right. So, unfortunately, we're almost at the end. But it is your movie, and it yes. is it is our final one that we need to talk about today. So take it away. What is that movie called? Yes. Our final movie is my favorite movie of all time, The American President. Okay. And this movie is, um, you know, politics aside, I love this movie because it is about standing firm in mm-hmm. your beliefs, regardless of who is going to be a naysayer. Yeah. And not not being swayed about what is right well i i've seen this too i saw it quite a while back and i think the reason why i watched it partly was because michael j fox was in it and at the time i I, you know i was i was i've always been a bit of a fan of michael j fox Mm -hmm. um for obvious reasons back to the future franchise and then a few other films he's done some not so good but because he's in them I just watched them, even though they're not that always that great. But this one in particular, I did, I did like this movie. But this movie has a lot of scenes in it where it's not so much monologues, but they're quite. I think it's quite well written. I, I don't think the person that wrote West Wing wrote this, but it's kind of in that. I feel as though it's in that vein of of expertise in terms of dialogue and how they're getting things across to the audience. It's kind of like up there in terms of quality, I would say. For sure. And then when uh, I think it was Michael Douglas is like Michael Douglas plays a president, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Michael J. Fox is I think not his advisor, but oh, I can't remember what his job is. The press secretary. Yes. Yes. And unfortunately, we had a clip that we were going to play of Michael J. Fox in his element, but the sound was so terrible. Yes. <laughs> Just like. We had to let that let the idea go, so we came up with another clip where they're in the over, they're in the Oval Office, I think it is, mm-hmm. and Michael J. Fox again is being kind of a bit pushy <laughs> with the president, mm-hmm. but I like the way the scene pans out. I'm gonna, without further ado, I'm gonna play that, and then we're gonna talk a bit more about it. All right, here you go, Mr. President. 
You raised a daughter, almost entirely on your own, and she's terrific. So what does it say to you that in the past seven weeks, 59% of this country has begun to question your family values? The president doesn't answer to you, Lewis. Oh, yes, he does, AJ. I'm a citizen. This is my president. And in this country, it is not only permissible to question our leaders, it's our responsibility. But you already know that, don't you, Mr. President? Because you have a deeper love of this country than any man I've ever known. And I want to know what it says to you that in the past seven weeks, 59% of Americans have begun to question your patriotism. Look, if people want to listen to... They don't this have a choice. Bob Rumson is the only one doing the talking. People want leadership, Mr. President. And in the absence of genuine leadership, they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. They want leadership. They're so thirsty for it, they'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage, and when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. Lewis, we have had presidents who are beloved, who couldn't find a coherent sentence with two hands and a flashlight. People don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference. Strong stuff. Well, well-written dialogue, but strong stuff. At least, so like, give why? Why is that your favorite? I mean, you could have had any movie as your. I mean, like you've got action movies, you've got action movies that kind of do sort of what this movie is trying to do. But like, why this one in particular? And I, I get it because I'm a fan of cerebral movies. I, I like stuff that nothing's blowing up at all. Not a lot is happening, but the dialogue and the performances are so good. I'm like, that was a good movie. I don't know why it's always been this movie that mm. I always come to, back to. You know, it's it's got it's got the drama, it's got yeah, the love story, yeah. it's got all the things. But I mean, even as I I re-listen to that clip, it it comes back to the the truth and mm. and why it is important yeah. to be who we are and very transparent in all things and like i i was even getting a little teary there because okay. that was why i left my former work yeah and 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 came opened my business was because it didn't it didn't fit my values anymore yeah. and you know stand, standing in that truth standing for what was right i couldn't say this and be this and something like like this movie is that constant reminder that you know regardless of what's going on in the world around us and i mean you know we can look at the world around us in 2022 and put just about any situation into that yeah. same framework and have the same argument and I, I think that that's a really solid lesson for for us to to continue to weigh weigh our arguments against you know what what is right and what is true and what are we willing to put ourselves into? Agreed. I've, I found movie making in general in the last five-ish years has been quite daring in ways that we're trying to get audiences, or not even we, like I'm, like I'm a movie maker, but ways that they're trying to get audiences to think and ingest information and not just kind of blindly accept things as they are or as they seem on the surface and trying to expose you know the realities of certain situations because some of the time we I think the media kind of dilutes things 
and gives it to us so that it's easier to digest whereas mm-hmm. a movie maker that's a bit daring will just tell the story exactly how it is however gritty it is doesn't need to have a, a happy ending sometimes it just needs to right. be the truth and grant be it as it may cliche truth hurts but it, it is what it is and often we need to kind of see that in our in our films and then i'm not saying films will inform reality <laughs> but i think sometimes we need films to do that because we're not always conscious or accepting of the reality that we're actually in mm-hmm. i was trying not to be deep and i don't think i was i hope i wasn't too kind of like out there but i, I have these conversations with people all the time and my partner and we kind of sit down and we kind of we just we're in we're in amazement that things the way they are now in 2022 people come across quite clueless and it's not just regular people it's not just people that we know it's i mean i'm talking about just on the tv movie stars politicians it's like people just have not got the it's just haven't got a clue and they're making all these mistakes and we're in we're up in arms about the mistakes they're making but i'm just like they are people (laughs) they're just regular people with more money and more power or more exposure but they're just people take that all away they're people people are always gonna people if you know what that means you know what i mean yes absolutely (laughs) no two ways about it okay well uh, that that is actually all we because we've done all our movies now yeah but i i would love to get all of your social media links so that i can obviously you don't have to say them now because i'm gonna you can email them over but i'm gonna stick those onto the episode description anything that you want me to kind of pass on to anybody via this episode i will do for sure but it's been amazing having you with uh, with not with us but with me <laughs> there's an audience here watching listening to the show imagine trevor Trevor noah daily show (laughs) it has and i wish you all the best with the business and may you be inundated with clients all the time that you're brushed off your feet and you can't really handle it which is a great experience. I've been there. Not always fun, but it's good to be busy. I, I, from your mouth to God's ears, I love the sound of that. <laughs> all right. Well, I bid you a farewell and thank you, thank you, thank you for all the time that you've given to the episode. It's brilliant. <laughs>